0: at the International Center of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, ready to take on phone calls on open mic Friday, January the 25th, in the year of our Lord, 2019. As I walked into the building, uh, somebody asked me, hope you have a good program, and I said, well, that will depend on the callers. And the callers can phone in right now. Are you in the St. Louis area? All you dial is eight two one zero eight fifty. Are you in the North America area? All you dial is one eight hundred seven three zero two seven two seven. And what do you want to talk about? Well, you can discuss what we've talked about on Law and Gospel during this week. Uh, We spoke on Wednesday about the various parts of the body as being members of the church, and yesterday with Wes Reimnitz, we dealt with the subject of self-help sermons. Uh, A lot of sermons, we were making the point, are falling, in my opinion, into two categories. One of them is kind of an entertainment self-help sermon where you're here to learn how to become a better Christian. Uh, The other sermons I refer to as exegetical sermons where they do a pretty good job of what should be done in a Bible study, namely in going through the text and explaining it. But you can call me right now. And without further ado, let's go to the phone line and talk with James. Hi, James. Hello, Pastor. How are you? I'm doing real good, and you're doing early.
1: (laughs) I because they got me, prompted me to get in here early, because what we came up with, and I'd like for you to uh, listen, and, and hopefully we've got this right. In Christ, humility is not humiliation, and submission is not subordination. So I'm going to give you uh three verses and uh you make the distinctions for us. How would uh religions of the cross view these three verses differently? Okay. Okay. The first verse is Philippians two and seven, Luke two and fifty one, and Hebrews four and fifteen. Tell me how religions of the cross view these three verses differently from those of the law.
0: Are you not feeling well? Because none of them are from the Old Testament. What's the matter with you?
2: Well, we did get a Hebrews in there.
0: Oh, Hebrews. That's right. Yeah, and that's uh, Genesis, Exodus, Hebrews, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Very good. Yes, I forgot about that. Hebrews. Thank you, sir. All right. And I know you're going to get off the air. So,
1: yeah. So, we've been the theme was uh, we were kind of thinking about in Christ that humility is not humiliation and yeah. submission is not subordination.
0: Okay. I've got them. All thank right. You. Thank you so much. All right. Any, anybody else can call in the meantime, but let's look at Philippians 2, verse 7. It reads this way it's talking about. Um, I'm going to start with verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, now verse 7, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And the question is, how is humility different than humiliation? Well, I'll tell you this, what's really important here is the term that we use for humility is found, it's in the next verse, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Now there's the word humbled scripture interprets scripture. What does being humbled mean? It means what that verse 5 says, in humility did not count riches more than yourselves. In other words, be like Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. In other words. He didn't come to earth in order to become God. He already was God. But he made himself nothing. That's the difference between being humbled and humiliation. Humiliation, I would say the synonym for that is being embarrassed. Like if um, I go to church, and this happened to me recently, I don't normally wear my collar when I'm driving, that clergy collar. And one time I forgot to put it on when I got out, and I did the whole service without realizing I didn't have it on. At the end of the service, during the announcements, as I realized I had not had the clergy collar on, I made the point that we have to do the whole service again, and this time with the clergy collar on. And they all laughed. But, of course, that was kind of being embarrassed, humiliated, and not dressing properly, vesting properly for a worship service. So that's the difference. Jesus was not humiliated, although in the eyes of others he was on the cross, but he humbled himself. And and that's quite a, a difference there. When you humble yourself, it's like what parents do in raising of children. They don't have to listen to children, but a lot of times the child will ask something, maybe want to go to McDonald's or something like that, and the parent will say, sure. And therefore, the parent sets aside their plans for the day in order to meet the request of the child. Luke 2, verse 51 So let's read that first of all and see what that has to say uh, that James is asking about. Uh, This is about the boy Jesus in the temple, uh, this particular section, uh, when he's answering questions. Verse 51, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Now, I really like that translation from the ESV, submissive. A lot of times in the English, you can divide a word up, find out what language it came from, and have a pretty good idea what submissive means. Does it mean being a slave to, being subject to in the sense against your will? No. Submissive comes from two Latin words. Sub, you know what that is, submarine, under the water, sub, under, Missive comes from missio, the word to be on a mission. So when a child is properly submissive to the parents, that means they are following the mission the parents have given them to do, and they are under that mission. And hopefully it's something good. Like the parents may say, you know, you need to eat your vegetables. So being submissive does not mean being a slave to, uh, unless the parents are telling you to do something that is contrary to the Word of God. Therefore, submissive is what Jesus was to the Father. He was submissive in the sense that he was following the mission of the Father, and therefore was obedient. Finally, Hebrews chapter 4, I'm going to start with verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So, why can Jesus sympathize with us? He can sympathize with us for a very simple reason. He himself has experienced the terrible things that happen in the world. I was just talking to a pastor yesterday, and we got on the subject of how terrible things are in the world, how even many denominations are now uh, pro-abortion, pro-homosexuality, and this kind of thing. And I just said to him, well, we're not surprised. This is the way the world is. And you know what it does for Christians? It makes us look even more forward to heaven. So, Jesus, therefore, yes, he can sympathize with us because he has experienced what we're experiencing. To sympathize, once more, in dividing the word and looking at the original languages, it means to kind of have a suffering with. Parents have this all the time. I remember when our second son had to have surgery when he was only a, a few days old, that we sympathized with him. We suffered with him. and We prayed. We had him baptized prior to the surgery because we are suffering with our children because of our relationship with them. Well, that's also true about God to you. So this doesn't make him less of a god, it makes him the greatest human being that has ever existed. So I hope those answers help you to distinguish between humility versus humiliation or embarrassment and submissiveness in contrast to being a slave of. They're really quite different. All right. You want to call me? St. Louis 821 0850. Anywhere in North America, one eight hundred seven three zero two seven two seven, 730 2727 And we'll go speak with Mike. Hi, Mike. You're on the air. Uh, hi. How you doing? Very good.
1: Let me see. Let me grab my Bible real quick. I got to throw my glasses on. Um,
0: well, just put them on. Don't throw them on. You might miss your head.
1: <laughs> I think I did. They hit the wall. Oh, here we go. Um, oh, here I am. Well, I know where
0: you are, but where's your Bible?
1: This is something like, I think this is a mistake that, uh, a fundamental mistake in Protestantism, the way they interpret this particular verse, and I'm just going to read it.
0: Uh, what what verse is it? Oh, I'm sorry.
1: I'm in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Okay. It says, uh, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there be a falling away first. Now you know a lot, especially the Seventh Day Adventists. They really like to talk about this. Uh, they try to say it's the Roman Catholic Church it was a it was was what happened when they when the you know when the, they call it the apostasy. But if you look in the um, Strong's Concordance, underneath the word apostasy is another word spelled almost exactly the same, which which they're, 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 they have the same root word. I'm sure, which means divorce in uh, in Greek and uh so anyway i i my thinking is that they try to say that the pope is the antichrist well well antichrist are jews that don't believe that uh, jesus christ is the messiah and if you look at the history of it of course you know you had you know 78 AD destruction of the temple and then in 98 AD they had the council of jamnia where the jews expelled the christians and the gnostics from all the synagogues and then uh, and then they had this person who really was the, who was really the antichrist or their main leader, uh, Simon Borkachba. and he uh, he made uh, Israel independent for three years, right, one thirty two to one thirty five or some date like that. Anyway, and um, anyway, what ended up happening is, of course, uh, eventually the Romans won, and uh, and when they not only did they destroy the the Israelites and all the other people that were there. The uh, the Roman Emperor changed the name of Israel to uh, Palestine, and and uh, which means uh, the Philistia in Greek, and so um, that was the that was the end of uh, that's how the uh, literal Israel of the Bible actually ended, and in the end the Philistines actually won, but it doesn't refer to the Catholic Church. When you talk about Antichrist and and Antichrist, you're actually referring to Jews. That's my, my point anyway, where I think they're wrong.
0: Well, remember the Jews are now, and the Gentiles, part of Israel, according to Romans 9-11. to The new Israel are those who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, Jews and Gentiles, and the text says that this particular Antichrist is seating, is seated in the temple of God. In your understanding, how is that individual you're talking about? How did he sit in the temple of God?
1: Oh well, that's where they're wrong on, on interpreting it that way too, because that's that's a reference really to the Sadducees, and of course, the Son of Perdition would be the people who think they're looking for Jesus Christ as a. Uh, a, a conquering Messiah, and of course that you know when the when the Sadducees and the Pharisees combined forces, that's when the temple got destroyed and uh and it says there that he's referred in this particular verse, I think as the son of perdition, and uh that's somebody who would declare themselves to be a conquering messiah and
0: um well, does not the Pope say that he is a vicar of Christ Yes. Well, that's what he means by that, that he can give us revelation that's not in the Bible. The Pope says we can pray to Mary. That's nowhere found in the Bible. Purgatory, that's not found in the Bible. And the worst thing is that we're saved by faith plus works, and that is contrary to the Bible. Now, Paul Mm -hmm. says there are a lot of antichrists. So you could be correct, Mike, in talking about the Pharisees and Sadducees as Antichrists because they were teaching salvation by works. So I'm not going to say you're wrong in that situation. But for example, at the time of the Reformation, who would you think had the characteristics of the Antichrist except the Pope?
1: Well, yeah, I, I see why they say that, but they're, but they're wrong because... Because everything that the Catholic Church did, even though it combined pagan practices and uh, and changed them in the name of Christ, their purpose was to show that Christianity was superior to paganism, and that's why they did it, you know? They didn't do it to promote paganism.
0: Well, Mormons say that they're Christians and their Christianity is superior to paganism, but you wouldn't agree with that.
1: Well, but they... Um,
0: jehovah yeah, witnesses yeah, do but, the same
1: yeah but they're like gnosticists so they they have special revelations where this 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 person had a vision or something joseph smith and and then of course he supposedly have found the book of mormon uh
0: well where did the pope get the vision about purgatory and uh maryology except through a vision or something
1: not his though from other
0: people well yeah i get yeah, I your point
1: you could say that's amount to the same thing but yes but uh but the fact is the the catholic church has helped to preserve the bible and has helped the bible to be spread throughout the world even even with maybe a lot of their doctrines are wrong but but what church has good doctrines or perfect doctrines you know
0: it's called the lutheran church
1: No,
0: it's the LCMS, isn't it? Well, no, we're in uh, fellowship with a whole bunch of churches, and I have yet, if you're looking at the Book of Concord, Mike, I I can't find anything in there that is contrary to the Word of God. Now, pastors, like myself, sometimes do not teach it according to the book of concord and and then we're also false teachers and we're working therefore for the antichrist look at peter i believe peter went to heaven But when he said to Jesus, no, I'm going to protect you, Jesus looks at him and says, get thee behind me, Satan. At that point, he was working for the Antichrist. You may not be aware of this, but those churches, at least ours, that may consider the pope at that time to be the Antichrist, we don't say, therefore, that he was going to hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he still could be going to heaven. But you've given me some good thoughts to think about, and as usual, Mike, thank you very much for calling. Okay, thank you. God bless you. See you later. All righty. And we're just going to go right on and talk to Steve. Steve, you're on the air.
1: Uh, Good morning. Um, Reading in the New Testament, it seems like uh, the uh, disciples stated Jesus that um, Elijah was supposed to come before him And then he says he did it, and then it it seems, I think it says they were talking about John the Baptist. Yes. But in conversation with John the Baptist earlier in the book, I think of Matthew, uh, they asked him if he was Elijah, and he said no.
0: I think they asked him if he was the Messiah. Well, I thought it asked if he was Elijah as well. Have you got that verse? No, I'm driving now. I can't find it. I am trying to remember that. Um, now, when they asked him that question, remember, they asked Jesus a question about, or uh, well, he asked himself uh, the, to the disciples, who do men say that I am? And some said, you're Elijah, others said other names, but one said, and you are John the Baptist raised from the dead. So if the people, when asking John the baptizer, are you the Elijah that has been raised from the dead, his answer would have been appropriate, no I am not. But in Jesus' mind, he was a fulfillment of the prophecy that Elijah would come before him. And in fact, remember, even on the cross, when Jesus says, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, namely, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It appears that some of the people thought he was calling on Elijah and misheard his Eli, Eli, which is my God, rather than the first letters of Elijah. So if John the Baptist thought they were asking, I can't remember that passage, but let's say you're correct, then he is not uh, Elijah risen from the dead, but Jesus says, no, he's the fulfillment of the prophecy that Elijah would come as a forerunner, and that was the task of John the Baptizer. Okay?
1: Okay, so maybe not the exact
0: person,
1: but the... the, uh the image or the being of the likeness of, or something like that.
0: Just like Jesus is also considered the new David. Remember? That he is of the seed of David, the house of David, and therefore David has returned in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Jesus is also the new Moses who now gives us the new covenant, which is far better than the covenant of law that Moses gave. So even Jesus is referred to as different people, but he's not the same person. He's just the fulfillment of what they had been. Okay? Okay. All right, thanks very much. And we're just going to go down the line and talk with, who's this? Hello? Wendy. Wendy.
2: Sandy.
0: Sandy, I'm sorry. I misread that.
2: That is perfectly fine. Uh, good job this morning, Pastor. Uh, just a defining scriptural reference to Antichrist. I uh, can't place it in scripture exactly, but he who believeth not that Jesus Christ came in the flesh has the spirit of Antichrist. That seems to me the crux of the incarnation, God in the flesh, and biblical-based cults. Other religious orders, uh, apart from that, seems to me fits the bill, and that's where I think discerning what they teach about who this Christ is, just like uh, he spoke to Peter, <clears throat> or Peter spoke to Christ, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, uh, understanding that it, that he came in the flesh. It, God with us, Pastor, and I just wanted
0: to pass that along. Yes. Well, let me suggest this understanding of that. Yes. I think what Paul is saying there is if there is somebody who says that Jesus did not come into flesh, Mm -hmm. then that is the spirit of the Antichrist. Yes. But he also would say if someone would suggest that we are saved by our works, that is the spirit of the Antichrist.
2: There are many Antichrists.
0: (laughs) Uh, But but there's many characteristics. Many
2: characteristics, yes.
0: And so I think what you said is a a very good reminder of what the Antichrist sometimes will teach. Yes. So
2: thank
0: you. Well, thank you very much for calling. We really, I know Issues Etc. keep saying they have the best listeners. But uh, I think on Open Mic Friday, we must borrow some of their listeners. Because those are very good questions from... uh, James and Mike, who call earlier, that's good, and then Steve and Sandy, we really appreciate that. You may have a question you don't want to get on the air. Instead, email me, gospel lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. So that's how you can email me, Long gospel at lawandgospel101.com. And I will normally reply to emails on the air. I don't need to mention your name if you don't want me to. No problem with that. But also, if uh, we, we've begun a new year and we're looking for some finances to help us, please listen to how you might be able to uh, send us finances in order to keep law gospel on the air pray for some good weather this weekend for our worship services in order that nothing will be canceled. I'm Tom Baker. Be back on Monday with another reading from The Epiphany. Till then, God bless.